What's going on, guys? Nate here, back again with another episode of the Pokey Talk podcast. Got Philip joining me. What's up? It's a late one for us. So yeah, we're kind of doing two parts again. So we'll kind of hit some news topics, and then we'll uh, we'll get the later content of this episode in another recording. But hopefully, you guys won't be able to tell the difference. But uh, <laughs> yeah. Got some uh, got some interesting news this time around. We're, we were kind of thinking about, you know, kind of a free balling episode. Eventually, the format is going to get down to where the episodes might be shorter, but more generalized of us talking. Um, we feel like having natural conversation makes the better episodes, and uh, it'd be nice to do that. And also there's a bunch of episodes where, or a bunch of podcasts, I'm not saying there aren't good quality podcasts out there, but there's a lot of podcasts that are just, what's in the news? They're coming out with the Pokemon Seal Box today. What Seal Box they coming out? You know, yeah. so I, I'm not saying that's fine. And I think it's great to be on top of that if you like ultra modern, but when that's a good portion of the content. Yeah. Like to try to differentiate a little bit. So. Yeah, and I feel like no matter what we do, we'll still talk about the big stuff and then just kind of yeah, go absolutely, in. Yeah, absolutely. But yeah, for this episode, um, we do have quite a few topics um, to touch on. I guess the main focused one is going to be the uh, what some people are calling the crisis in Japan, where they yeah. can't get enough sealed product for the Japanese citizens and... Uh, Pokemon has made some very drastic measures to fix that in the short term mm-hmm. that are not very good, I don't think, for the hobby no. as a whole. It's counterproductive, almost counterintuitive, you would think. It's a, like, if you haven't found out, it's basically the only way to describe it is like a knee jerk reaction, I feel like. Yeah. But, and it, I mean, they probably want to do that for the short term, maybe. But, yeah, it just doesn't really make sense for them planning out anything like that. It's just, I don't know, it's just really hard to uh, to imagine what they were thinking with that. But, uh, yeah, that's where we're at. We're going to talk about it. They're essentially um, cutting off all stores from selling outside of Japan. So if you want to hear more about that, stick around. Mm-hmm. But what you got for the news? Anything anything big this week? I got a huge one that's kind of in the sports world. But, so uh, yeah, I feel like so that was one of them is they revealed all of the Raging Surf secret rares. And nice. let's see. I'm going to refresh it to see if they have a few of them. I mean, the Go- the Gimme Ghoul and the Golden Go I'm a huge fan of. It's simplest. I mean, it's like a almost minimalist, but I love those Pokemon. And it's combined. You can make one card. I yeah, I saw the Golden Go. Um, they are pretty cool. I like the style, but uh, I just once again, just not. It doesn't really like hit me as like a must-have or anything. But yeah, they're they're pretty cool. Kind of more of the same. But really good designs. They are continuing with these colors. Um, 
like a lot of in, in, interaction with colors with the cards, but very minimalist. We see it again with the Tapu Koku EX. Yeah. Yeah, I uh, I do like the theme. Like we've said it a couple times now, though. Mm-hmm. But I imagine they'll start spicing things up a little bit, you know, maybe a holiday set and stuff like that. Um, but for for new products, one of my things was that they released the TCG Classic Collection on the Pokemon Center on the English side today. So, it's uh, definitely unavailable already, but I actually got on there early enough this morning to where I saw it available and, like, I could have bought one. But I've heard this opinion across the board a couple times today. If you, like, sit down and look at, like, what's in the box again, it really doesn't seem worth it. They were priced at $400. So that is pretty nuts. Um, $400, you get the three TCG Classic decks. These are the decks that we talked about where it has, like, they're kind of based around the starters. But, uh, yeah, it's very interesting for them to price that $400. A lot of people were thinking this would be, like, a $200, $250 product where it makes sense just to buy them up. And maybe it does still make sense to buy them up because I'm sure people are going to make money off of them. But I mean, four hundred dollars though. I don't know. I, I don't know if you remember, but I was saying when they first they showed it for their uh, Pokemon Direct or whatever that I was like, this doesn't seem worth it. I was like, I, I'm not getting it. <laughs> yeah. And. I think a lot of people kind of saw the same thing. I mean, it might hold value because it might have importance, I guess. It, it might carry a distinction. Um, but, I mean, who's going to want this? You know, if you, if you think about it, right? Yeah. Like, I, I, don't, I, I don't know. It's It's cool, like... If you're genuinely in it for playing it, the English side is cool. But, I mean, you could build those decks very, like, there there are exclusive cards to it. There are, like, the Lugia EX and obviously the Hollow Patterns different. And then they released a um, Mr. Mime that was originally in the um, vending series. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, that's really all that's special about it. And in their Charizard, you can't forget that. Yeah, I mean, it's just the sparkly hollow, so it isn't even that big a deal. But, but I don't know. If you if you want to play, <laughs> if you want to play, the English product doesn't look that bad. But I'm sure, like, the exclusive Lugia EX and all those cards that are exclusive are going to come out later on. So... I just feel like you could build those decks for so much cheaper. So some people are going to grade them. I'm sure they will make money off of them. But at $400, I mean, even the 25th anniversary Charizard in Japanese, which looks way better than this one and way better yeah. than the Celebrations one, that one's only going for 350 and a 10 right now. So I don't know. I, I think this is a uh, flopped product, and I think they are just seeing 
how much people are going to pay. They they raise the price at the same time. Think about they the margins the that they quality. have. Think about the margins they have on something like this. What do you what do you think? It's a thousand percent, right? It's probably cost forty bucks to make, maybe. I don't know. It's really just like mass-produced plastic pieces and and cardboard. Yeah, special foil. But that I mean, I'm telling you, like the amount, the margins on this are insane. Just like that fifteen hundred dollar, hundred animated movie Disney thing. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's basically like a chess box. Like if you can manufacture yeah. like a chess box and sell it for twenty dollars, I feel like they could produce this way less. <laughs> And because it's yeah, basically just little plastic pieces and cardboard and Pokemon has an issue with yes, they I feel like they are pretty solid with their customer base overall. Um, but they you don't want to see them begin taking advantage of the consumer base like Magic did yeah. and Hasbro with that. Like you don't want to see that. Um. You really hope that if they start doing products like this, it's worth it. But the problem if Pokemon starts doing it that it's worth it is what it would cause it on the secondary market. And they either don't want their product being sold for that or they want a part of those sales, which is something we've seen often when it comes to really I mean, scalping, but also in general with the Japanese market. That was a common thing with... Uh, during the video game industry in the early 90s. They thought they were entitled to some some part of the sales on the secondary market. Um, but we really don't hope Pokemon follows that same way of thinking and way of performing and interacting with their consumer base. Yeah. It's... it's- Becoming a thing. I mean, we saw with Scarlet and Violet the increase of MSRP. Now we're seeing premium products. Like, you know, we've had premium products before. They've always been the 100 to 150 price point for the UPCs. And people thought that was crazy. And now we got a $400 price point item. So, yeah, I literally think they're just saying, all right, you guys want it? Here you go. We're going to get some more money. Um, this was also being shared like so ridiculously fast on my social media. And, uh, when I got on there, it was up for like 20 minutes. So I think total this thing was up for 40 minutes. So it makes me actually pretty good. Yeah. It makes me think that there's going to be either more of these than people thought or more people had the same thoughts I did and was like, well, that ain't worth it. Yeah. Cause I mean, it, it seems like this should have been, one of those items, and I was even thinking this, but it seems like this should have been one of those items where you don't even look at the price, you just buy it. And I was ready to do that if it was like 250 or below. But just seeing that price point, everyone was like, hold on a minute, let me like I look mean, at this again. Make, to, make it worth, to make it worth it to like shop it on this or resell it on the secondary market, you got to sell it for twice the price, right? So $800. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure people will still be less. selling it for 600 because they don't care. They'll scalp it for whatever. I mean, you can make a little bit of money, I guess, that way, but, I mean, you're... Yeah, I would have opened mine. I don't know what I would have done with the 
cards, but yeah, I was kind of interested in the product as a whole. They did limit it to one per person, so there was a lot of people who got on there. But yeah, I don't know. It's it's just gotten to be way too much nowadays. Well, I, I'm trying to get God Pokemon Mutant Center site still just blows ass. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it can be like, rough sometimes. Yeah, God, I remember when I you know I haven't opened a sealed product in a while. The last time I opened one was I think it was with you and Todd at uh, the KC Con, and before that, I think I have to go to like Beastar Universe. So I haven't had really the desire to open for a while, and there hasn't been any, anything to make me like, oh, I've got to open this. But again, as we mentioned, they're starting off slow, and they're working their way up. Yeah. But you get the right card, and I might buy a little bit, like 50 bucks, just to kind of feel what it's like for that set. I would really want to open some Japanese 151. Um, that would be fun. Yeah. But... uh yeah, who knows when we'll get another wave of that. I'm sure someone knows, but I've been really enjoying Lorcana. I'm itching to still open some Lorcana packs, but you know, the as expected, as we talked about many times, the uh situation there is exactly what we thought. It's just so incredibly hard to find product and But the raw pro the singles still aren't bad. It's just people want to open it. I think that's the collector side of individuals that want to open because the people that want to play, I'm not saying it's necessarily cheap, but it's a lot cheaper than getting the seal product option. If you're trying to build a deck, yeah. like you can build a solid deck for, I think I saw a couple hundred. I'm not saying that's not cheap. I mean, that's, you know, like just to build a deck, I get it. But when you're talking about booster boxes that are like 300 plus, I mean, it's not too bad. <laughs> Yeah, you can build solid decks for a couple hundred bucks. Um, A lot of the cost is literally in, like, certain key cards. Like, I feel like every deck has probably anywhere from two to four or five key cards. Like, if you... Or, I would say two cards per color. So, you know, if you're running the Amethyst color, I mean, you're pretty much going to need four Elsa's. And I think those are like $50. If you're running red, you're going to need four Maleficent Dragons. You know, we speculated that that was going to be a good card. Like, Mm -hmm. every Ruby deck is running four of those, and that's like a $50 card. So that's where, like, most of your card cost is. Um, So I would say it's like $300, $400 to build, like, a full meta deck where you have four Elsa's, four dragons, or four of the big cards. It's steep for maybe somebody who's never done a TCG or for folks who don't know if they're going to like it. So, I mean... Yeah. But... It isn't isn't too bad. Like, Magic is about the similar price, but depends where you're playing in Magic. Like, if you're playing Modern, those can be thousands, so... Which is why, you know, Magic is having issues... Yeah. And then uh, I also had Pokemon taking action on counterfeit cards on on auction platforms. But from what I understand, it's really just Japanese only. But I don't know if you saw that. Uh, What was it again? So 
They've announced that it'll be taking action against those who sell counterfeit Pokemon cards on auction platforms in Japan. I did not see that, but that was interesting. Does mean they're going to crack down on it more? Well, it's really mainly in the Japanese market for right now, which you know, not too different from what's going on with their steel product, only in the Japanese market. So, but there's some. It's kind of unclear if it's like self-made cards or you know, metal cards that people make for whatever reasons, not meaning to try to pass it as real. Yeah. And now there are some where it's like fake, you know, full arts, fake rainbows. You see those all the time. It's interesting. I wonder like what measures they could do for that. I guess just I mean, kind of probably cease and desist type thing. Probably for those metal cards. I see a lot of those metal cards. Out well, there. and you see people like sometimes you'll, you might even see it on Amazon where sometimes they'll buy repackaged products that doesn't have anything or it's fake cards in there. Yeah. But eBay, I thought that was interesting. I say eBay needs to crack down on the freaking like scam listings. It's like search for first edition Charizard and it's like one of 20 possible Charizard cards. First edition question mark, question mark. So it's like, you know, those things that you see on Facebook marketplace, like they're popping up on eBay more than ever. And, yeah, every time you search for Mario Pikachu, there's like this random ass fake like, card. Yeah, yeah, fake fake trophy card or yep. oh, fake, I know. fake fake metal card. I I still enter that pretty often just to see what prices are and you know what's on the market. And just, I mean, at this point, since you know, probably I, I will be buying it from you at this point. I mean, I, I don't. I'm no longer looking, honestly. <laughs> yeah. But uh, I mean. It's still something I, I, I can't help but notice, too, because you, you, you're right. You see, you win or in any, there's those fake metal cards, the gold metal cards. <laughs> which, yeah. but, you know, for, for the price of what these cards are, not everybody can afford them. So that's something to kind of understand. Like the first edition Charizard, right? Like our, our iconic cards that they want, like r- replicas and metal trophy cards that are meant to s- embody the art. But not clearly not meant to duplicate the authenticity. Yeah, I understand. Yeah, where it comes from, but I don't know. There needs to be more of a distinction because, like, they literally look exactly like it, but metal. The That's... well, some ones like they show with the metal Charizard, like metal Charizard V Max. They show like on the Pokey Beach article. Sometimes the Illustrator and First Edition Charizard do look way too similar. Yeah. I mean, if you're looking at it, you can see, but to somebody that doesn't have that isn't doesn't have that knowledge, you know, somebody might pay five hundred bucks or something like that. Now that's if you're selling it for like ten, twenty or like fifty bucks, that's whatever. Somebody paid for it. If you're selling it for like five hundred bucks, that's where it's like a clear scam. Yeah. There was a uh, PSA Mario Pikachu, we may have talked about this, but it was signed by Charles Marnett, I think, but it was, it was like really legit looking like Pikachu Mario, like Mario Pikachu. It had like the hollow pattern and everything. So you had actually had to look at it to uh, really tell what was up with that, but they graded it through PSA, so PSA will grade stuff like that. 
and they graded it because they submitted it as a autograph signature. So they graded the autograph, not the card. So they just had on there authentic auto. So it, it really, you know, throws people off just seeing that. They think it's an authentic card. Thankfully, it did go for much less than the normal one, but it still went for like $1,000, I think. And his signature is not worth that much. <laughs> so. Mm-hmm. so somebody thought, yeah. It's a good keepsake, and it makes sense because they didn't sign the actual card, and I would never have him sign the actual card. And somebody (laughs) did, we saw, and it went for substantially lower than what the rate was. Well, I think it was like 15% less. Because if you just have his name on that Mario card, it makes no sense. Because it's the art that you go after. Which is, now if you had Saito and... And Charles Martinet, that that makes it interesting. It does. Yeah. I I'll say, would I want that? Probably not, but I could understand somebody who would. I would make sure Charles really signed his name good, because I tell you what, I have a signature on a Mario Kart, and it looks bad. <laughs> like he just yeah. was not. He like tries to avoid the the artwork of the card and it's like dude just like sign the surface nobody um, which maybe nintendo told him like don't cover up the mario but because it's he sure went out of his way to not draw on the mario actual picture when i was uh getting my little mario card signed but yeah i have i have seen him the ones i've seen they are on the corner yeah. Like he tries to avoid it. For sure. Let's see. Yeah. What else we got on news? Ooh, I have yeah. I have one more thing, but it's about the sports world. Well, I got one more as well. But we can do yours if you want. Alright. So get this. They uh they have all kinds of things in the sports world. You know, they got Different foil variants. Well, they have a what they call a superfractor, which was a one of one. I don't remember who exactly it was for, but some dude opened it on a stream. So just imagine, you know, buying a pack on a on a ripping stream and pulling the one of one. Pretty amazing, right? Well, imagine when a second one is pulled on another live stream in front of thousands of people. What's going on there? So there was apparently two one-of-one cards of the same card pulled, and they were both on live stream, like ripping packs. And uh, it's definitely raised some alarms in the sports world. Not only that, but I guess people have really been investigating this and, you know, running a an attendance, basically, on a lot of these cards. There were some more cards found. There's, like, a gold. I'm not exactly sure. Like, it's a, you know, they basically have foiling if you're coming from the Pokemon world. It's basically foil cards, but they'll do different colors. So, like, for the card that they mentioned in the video, um, 
there was a gold out of 10. So there was only 10 of these gold bordered cards in the set where there was, I think, 11 found. <laughs> so they found more than 10 of these gold cards, which are supposed to be out of 10. So, yeah, I don't know what's happening in the sports world, but uh, it's definitely raising some alarms. And, uh, yeah, it's it's kind of scary to be a... Uh, if he kept, if he collected in cards like that, if that was what your collection is, I don't know what the market is, but that would make me very nervous if you paid a lot of money for something of those cards. I'm thinking it was quote unquote a good investment. Yeah, yeah, it's just crazy to think like stuff that like that's happened. These are supposed to be like, like why, like why? I I think there's a such thing as they have like a backup card, so they make usually like two of them, but like, how is that not regulated to make sure they don't get in the set? Like, how did that happen? And this is only what we know. So people are speculating there to be like more. So there had, I would think there has to be, if you only, if you saw one on video, the chances of that happening are incredibly slim. So what that tells me is there's significant examples. Yeah. So, the likelihood that the, you that one chance, you know, that, that's all there was, that would be hard to believe. Yep, it's kind of crazy. But anyway, that's that's what's happening in the sports world, and uh, glad that we don't have any uh, <laughs> numbered cards yet in Pokemon. Maybe it'll happen. No, day, but I I could see that happening. Um, that almost seems like the logical uh, continuation of where Pokemon might go. All it takes is somebody with a different perspective of what they want to do. See, with- I, I don't think they would. I think they would just make it where the, like they might, rather than make like a one of one card, they would make a promo, like a promo. That's like, you only get this by doing this, you know, they would do that before like a literal like numbered set card, I think. But who knows? Yeah. I mean, we, that kind of leads us into this next part. And that's the collaboration between Pokemon and the Van Gogh museum in Amsterdam. Everything's being hush hush. It's about a week from today at this point that'll happen. And obviously, everybody looks back to the Munch promos, the Scream promos. And those are some of the best cards in the hobby, some of the best modern cards in the hobby, without a doubt. Mm -hmm. My favorite, Kamiya art with the side up. Now, I don't know if they would do it like they did with Scream promos, the way things are in the hobby. Um. I would almost shudder to think about what might happen on eBay. Some of the prices that these could reach. Um, because it would be... I, I wouldn't even buy it, honestly. Um, oh, I would. I would buy so many of those things. If they were... Immediately. If they were like several grand debuting, I would hold off to, to things level out a bit. Now, if they were just a couple hundred bucks, I would swoop them up. But I don't think they would be that cheap. 
unless there's a lot of them. See, I would think they would they would for sure do a promo, but they would make sure that there's enough where, like, you know, it would be a couple hundred. It'd be like the Pikachu decks, so it might be 300 or 400 even. But uh, it'll it would be worth picking them up no matter what. I would think if they're if they're like a hundred dollars off the start and everyone has them. I mean, you could probably grade those for a margin for quite a while, just like the Unagaba EV line. Those are getting pretty darn cheap now, and uh, I think Catch Mall Collectibles just stopped buying them because they're the profits are starting to dry up, but. I mean, that's what, a month, two months where you could flip those for grades. So I don't know how they could prevent that from happening because it just seems like a no-brainer card, even if it's not even that cool. Well, it wouldn't just be one. It would be a set of some sort. I thought I saw somebody mention it might be a set of eight for some reason, but I don't know what their basis was for that. Yeah. Yeah, who knows? I mean, the most logical one includes Umbreon. Which would be the which would be the whale? They'd have Pikachu in there. They'd have some Flora, is my guess, because of one of Van Gogh's most famous paintings is with sunflowers. Now he his another famous thing is self portraits. So I'm not sure how they would incorporate that. Maybe it'd just be a style. Yeah, probably his style more than anything. I mean, Mister Mime one of the self portrait would be interesting, or some sort of like humanoid. Pokemon, yeah. and I'm getting hyped because I, I I love the Starry Night. Van Gogh is a fantastic artist, and I would have to have these cards. Like, there's, I want a ten, for example, in like the Psyduck. I got the nine. I'm happy with that. But like, I would want the ten. <clears throat> and I mean, it it makes sense, right, for them to do a uh, Umbreon, Starry Night, Moonbreon. But uh, the the waves that would send through so many people, like that, would be insane. But I say I, would, I say go for it, even if that card's a thousand. I mean, you could buy it up and grade it, sell it for even twelve hundred. People would be I making mean, that, that play. That would be a card I would have to get. Like that would suddenly become a card everybody has to have because yeah. of how iconic the card would be. Now the thing is, you don't want it to be. Like the Moonbreon is kind of like that. Um, you don't want it'd have to be a much different art. Like, imagine the Starry Night, but like Umbreon is walking towards this on this, like around the town or something, like a bigger Umbreon. I don't know. Uh, yeah, I bet they would do that, but they would have another Pokemon be the focus and then like hide Umbreon like way in the back on a building. So it's yeah. like there, but it's not like the main focus on the card or something like that. That's probably yeah. something they would do. Yeah. I'm just trying to see. I mean, he's got this, the cafe. That's a pretty famous one, but which could be one. I, I, I don't know. It makes more sense that they'll follow the Scream-like things and they'll have different Pokemon, like you said, featured somehow. Mm-hmm. That would make more sense. Just have his most iconic, or two of his most iconic, or the sun with the sunflowers, or something, and just somehow just re- rehash it. Yeah, it's gonna be pretty crazy. Um, yeah, it'll definitely be a, 
a play though for sure but anyway that's pretty much all i got though yeah for uh any current events but uh yeah i guess we can kind of talk more about the japanese situation and yeah we'll just hop on over there all right, so for the Japanese situation over in Japan, ooh, this one is a, kind of a tough topic in some ways. Um, as we mentioned at the beginning, some Japanese stores are kind of getting the hammer or either very strict restrictions or you know the hammer in the full extent where if they are selling their product to customers outside of the U.S., Pokemon has been showing that they're not tolerating that anymore and they are shutting down their supply for them or whatever. You know, if there's a distributor that's allocating stuff for that store, they are limiting that store heavily or some cases not giving them product at all. If their track history is to selling outside Japan, but yeah, there's just so much of a crisis going on. In Japan, some people call it that. Uh, yeah, they just want to get the products to the Japanese people. Um, so yeah, what do what do you think of that? What's the uh, first reactions? Well, so there's a few things I have um, overall. Now, it feels like a knee jerk reaction, right? Like, let's do something. Yeah, for <laughs> we sure. don't know what to do, but let's do something. Um, and they feel like maybe they feel like short term that might have a consequence, but all you're doing is bottlenecking the situation. You're potentially limiting even more product to these big places and leaving the other place, these people to find it elsewhere. And well, what's going to happen? Well, the demand's going to go up. What happens when the demand goes up and there's a little supply or there's, you know, a limited supply? I mean, literally it's like economics. On a one here. <laughs> yeah. So I don't know the thought process. It seems like, to me, it seems like less appease our base, which is the Jap, which they see it as they they have loyalty to the Japanese market, and they do, did so by punishing both people that were quote unquote you know selling to outsiders. You know, I use that terms for a reason. Because that's really what it feels like. And this is a mentality that you see a lot in Japanese culture. And I just feel like it was just to appease certain people. I, I don't know. It felt like it's an old school way of thinking, in my opinion. Not with the new global economy. You you know what I mean? Yeah, it seems like the, the, you know, the biggest problem that we've seen in a while is, of course, 151. Everybody wants that. And a lot of... Like that, we've had plenty of products, you know, Shiny Star V and all that, that, you know, the English side has got excited for and also bought some. But 151 has seen just a kind of unprecedented, you know, fifth or sixth wave, whatever wave we're on now with the hype. But, uh, yeah, I think it's just, it is a knee-jerk reaction. It's kind of like a Band-Aid. I'm sure it's only temporary, but, I mean, this tells me one thing that, like, their production is pretty much at max and mm. they don't see any way to increase it beyond what they're currently doing. So that's what this tells me. It's like, you know, they have the resources or they should at this point to, you know, get more cards out there. 
if if all the printers are jacked up, buy more printers, buy Which is an entire facility. Understand. Yeah, it's it's the same problem with Lorcana over here in the US. It's like obviously this isn't really going anywhere. The economy with inflation right now, a lot of people are struggling a lot more than they were a couple of years ago. And the cards just keep, you know, burning as soon as they hit the shelves. Um, I think it's actually ramping up to be kind of reminiscent of early 2020 again. That's kind of what I felt too. Like Japanese pandemic hype part two, you know, or like how it was like a delayed yeah. reaction. Well, I'm, I'm kind of seeing that on the English side now, even though Scarlet and Violet hasn't really been a home run. Mm-mm. I mean, you go into Target last summer, you at least saw products, you know, starting to show back up on the shelves. But I went in there yesterday to pick up some supplies to get some PSA orders together, and the entire wall was just bare bones, like nothing. Um so it's it's just very reminiscent of the early days of the hype. See, that's but. interesting that you say that because just last week I was in. It was Saturday. I know I I don't know when they supplied it. It could have been the week before. It could have been that Monday. But the one thing that was still around was two things: Obsidian Flames booster packs and some booster boxes and Scarlet and Violet booster boxes. There was an ample supply of both on the Walmart shelf that I was at. But, I mean, it's still low. I mean, it's still, even though they've mostly caught up, it's still, people are still buying it up. Like, I think they, for the English side, they've meant that medium of not overprinting, but printing enough to satiate its consumer base. Yeah. And then you make a set like 151. It's it's so good. And then with the reverse hollows and the Master Ball reverse hollow in a box... And the God Packs, like, I don't know. I feel like they're either going to act on that and, like, buy more facilities with printers. And, you know, even if they have to start from scratch, the, you know, the building, the printers, the training of employees and the whole operation. I mean, you think they would be doing that because it just doesn't seem to be getting better. And for them to make this knee-jerk reaction to like, oh, hey, we're temporarily cutting you off because you're selling to the U.S. It's like, you know, they, to me, that says they don't see it getting better either. Um, Well, and there's a few things that I don't understand why they don't, I assume they will be buying more printers, but I think the next three to six months that they see that is not really helping. But I remember, remember how big news it was that they bought like three or four more printers in North America. Yeah. And then six months to a year later, things were pretty much good in terms of being able to find product. I imagine in the next month or so you would potentially see something, but this supply issue goes back to EV heroes in terms of on the Japanese side. And, I mean, obviously the Umbreon and the Evolutions, I think, have something to do with that and how great of an EV Hero set might be the best modern set. And they didn't quite see the writing on the wall. And I think the biggest thing that I I get frustrated, I mentioned it several times here, is the difference in quality between the Japanese and English product. Like, you make the English product have the foiling that 
the Japanese product does, I guarantee you, you'll have people wanting the English product more. That's the biggest thing is if you, the experience when opening the Japanese product by and large beats the experience opening the English product. And that's why people are buying it. Yeah. And it, it's just been the perfect storm. You know, obviously 2020 as a whole was a perfect storm, but as English dried up and people couldn't have the access to English, more people experienced Japanese mm-hmm. and then they realize that for themselves. And then sets like EV heroes and 151. And then here we are, you know, like more and more people have been opening Japanese and it has just gotten crazy. But, uh, they, they even have limited, they started this back in May. A lot of Japanese stores or the Pokemon company themselves were like limiting people from buying any Pokemon product if you were above a certain age. So like they were making sure it went to like kids only for a short time. I don't know if they're still doing that, but. <laughs> Walk in with an IM12 ID. <laughs> yeah. Identify as a youngster. <laughs> But yeah, who, I mean, like you said, they got to be looking at the options. Um, but like who owns these printing facilities? It's like maybe get in talks with them or why are they not making more? It's like, I'm sure it's happening. But... They could afford to build it one from scratch if they wanted. Yeah, it's literally a facility from scratch. That they, yeah, that would take longer, but they can afford it. Yeah, make an entire branch of your company dedicated to this and you know just keep building them because other tcgs need them too and you know it's not getting better for anybody so you can start renting out or doing contracts with other tcgs to print their stuff if you're getting low you know Lorcana's having the same problem it released and they realized that they need a lot more cards and they are in the works of getting it. They are on the books to get another print run, but they've had to wait until January for like an official fully fledged print run because everyone's got the printers booked out or backed up. Well, and so. they've also, I'm sure they, they're in the process of already printing set two. I think that's also a part of it because of that. They have to dedicate printers for that so that they can make sure they have product for that. And then obviously what you're seeing pretty much after that point then they're going to be focusing on the reprint i just wonder how much it's going to be but you know that's kind of besides the point but the whole thing is it's just why hasn't they made that effort yet in japan when the ride has been on the wall now for three years yeah i just i just don't understand like the delayed reaction there but the the market has kind of taken a downturn last year, but I mean we're already seeing that kind of reverse itself. So it's like now the writing should definitely be there. Like, okay, this isn't going anywhere. I understand from like a a business standpoint, they don't want to jump on it too much. But yeah, it's uh, it's definitely it's definitely justified right now. I feel like when they had to do a reprint of EV Heroes and they sold out within whatever it was, nanoseconds, and it still was not enough, I felt like that should have been the point, like, okay, we might need to look at getting more printers. Yeah. 
the the time is too long in between too because people get used to you know oh, 151 boxes more prints coming okay well if you want one right now you have to pay $300 and it's still fun to open so people get used to paying $300 whenever they make more for 150 or whatever it is they just get scooped up like even with Florcana if they did the exact same amount of numbers or even more for the print runs i just think the demand is there like it's it's just so hard for them i'm sure to figure out the exact right number but yeah it's just it's just all crazy right now and i said now would be a good time to get these star universe that's only well look at that only not, less than a hundred dollars a box or around a hundred dollars a box <laughs> there you go yeah like that's what people should be doing right there so yeah i don't know i don't know if it'll ever get better Unless they just, yeah, just print everything to the ground, which, you know, it doesn't affect them any. They're still selling it, but I also think they're experimenting. It's going to take a few years to really navigate this entire space because it's just a whole different world we live in now with the internet and everyone getting hyped and all that. It's just kind of crazy. And then you're kind of seeing it. It's people get caught up in the moment. With, I mean, I'm seeing multiple local places. 151's in, and it's just crazy how like people just like, oh my god, like they lose all control of themselves. Yeah, it's like, I mean, almost like a zombie sort of attitude. <laughs> like, like just get like sucked in. Like, oh my god, like you don't even think logically and coherently. Yeah, I gotta get it right now. And there's just so many whales out there. Just buy it anyway. I mean, yeah. And the Lorcana plays. I mean, if you pull an Elsa, that's that grades easy ten for two thousand dollars, or whatever it is now. Well, how long that's gonna last is beside the point. But yeah, but you can turn around and buy like six more booster boxes with that one card, mm-hmm. and it goes to the same person. So they just like it's like a business in itself, just pulling a good card. So I don't know. It's just kind of wild. But yeah, I mean, it's 151 is definitely a great set. Um, I still think the V Star universe is better, and I know people are upset with the price of 151, but honestly, 151 is about 150 a box, and I feel like that's comparable to the trends that we've seen with sets com- that are kind of like this. Like EV Heroes was around that when it came out, up to upwards of 200, and I think it's might be the new norm. That these more sought-after sets, these more set of the years, this, some of the sets of the era, if it's coming from Japan a ja- or you know the Japanese version, a good box is probably going to be around 150. Mm-hmm. And the only way that will change is if they do print more. And even if they do, would they print enough to make it to where it go below 100? And I'm just not sure. Yep. I agree. I mean, even the the special sets too. I mean, a lot of those make sense to be maybe not 150 if they're like the smaller boxes, but you know, it's just it's just wild the the state we're in. I mean, I feel like V-Star Universe was one of the best opening experience I've ever had in terms of I mean, the I would say Ultra Shining GX was pretty cool, but I mean, literally a hundred bucks, even tax shipped. 
I mean, not not that bad at all. Mm. Yeah, I need to open some more. I think I have some Japanese packs. I think I have twenty twentieth or twenty fifth anniversary packs in my like storage deep down somewhere. But I still got a few EV Hero packs somewhere. They're somewhere in one of those bins. I think it kept like five with the intention of potentially grading some. So what if there's a Moonbrion in there? <laughs> yeah, right. It's even more difficult to pull. What is it, like one in two thousand packs for the Japanese version? Hey, I'm not Something even like sure. That. It's 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 not easy. I bought a lot of booster boxes, and I you know I did get some good stuff, and I did basically make my money back for how cheap I got the stuff. But still, you know, you won't know uh, unless you open them. Yeah, but that's the gambler's fallacy. <laughs> <laughs> next one could be it. That could be the one. Yeah, well, one hundred percent of the time, the next one is the next one. In some case, I mean, one hundred percent of the time, five percent of the time. 100% of the time, time when it does happen, it was the next one. Yeah. But, I mean, I don't know. I, I, but, you know, it's new. I get it. You have to have it. And now you have the Raiden Surf, which um, is actually going for a pretty cheap penny. I shouldn't say cheap. It's going for, I think it was like around $80 a box. I haven't been keeping up with it. I've been just really 71, avoiding. yeah. 71, 80, 80, 82, I mean, basically $80 a box. So definitely not the solid after set for a lot of people. Yeah. I've really have, I really have been just avoiding all modern sets and packs and stuff. I just don't really care too much, unfortunately. I The only modern English thing I had my eyes set on was that TCG collection. So that, like, we already talked about that, bummed me out, and I shined away from that. I'm excited about the Van Gogh thing for the Japanese side, so I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be ready to make the plays on that. If that happens, I'm gonna, I'm gonna try to make something happen to that. But yeah, I, I can, I don't know. I'm kind of limited on my funds for the time being. So it just depends on what they debut that with the market. If it's under 500, I can get it. Over 500, probably not. So that's kind of where I'm at with it. Yeah. I think that's a safe play. And another one, I mean, maybe we'll see how the Japanese TCG collection goes. But, I mean, if we're going to have a promo at that art exhibit, which is just next week, so we'll, we'll know yeah. here pretty soon. You know, I think that's a no-brainer play, whereas the classic TCG collection is kind of up in the air. But, yeah, we'll see. I'm sure next episode we'll talk about that promo, if one comes out. But it should be pretty exciting. I think, yes. I think they're going to have one. I think they're going to print a lot of them. But either way, it's gonna there's going to be a good play there. I'm actually looking at the next few sets with the Japanese. And, of course, you know, they got Komiya's killing it with a few of them that they release. What is it? It's a uh, brute bonnet. That card looks sick. Have you, have you seen that one yet? Uh, like I have not. Let me I was just curious. Cause I, I, for, I forgot what the next few sets were before the end of the year for the Japanese. And man, they're just letting Kamiya just do his own thing. Like his cars are getting better. Is it a raging surf secret rares? Right. Uh, no, it's a part of the um, ancient set, or what is it? Ancient Roar and Future Flash. 
and they revealed a few of the cards. Oh, I gotcha. And they were revealed in English at Worlds. So it was a, yeah, so they reviewed a few at English or at Worlds that were meant for this set. And one of them is the one of the Kamiya cards. Gotcha. And they're kind of doing something different with the design that they're doing. It's kind of reminiscent of the, uh, what era is that? Uh, black, white, I think. Where it's like the colors like blend. I don't know. You, you, you'd have to go look at it. Yeah. But I'll, I'll take a look at it after this. But I have been liking the art on a lot of those things. But uh, yeah, I just, I've just been shying away from collecting for the most part. I don't know why, but I am making some moves on potential PSA orders, so I'm going to be getting those together here soon. But uh, I will let you guys know more about that a little later episode on the grades. I've been making some videos about it, finally grading some gold stars of mine, finally grading some first edition hollows, and uh, yeah, I'm excited to get those back. And maybe once I decide with those, I'll I'll get back into collecting a little more of a general well, broad spectrum, but we'll see. I, and I just want to say real fast, I know we kind of touched up on it, um, but some of the pe people that the Japanese uh, TCG have limited or even closed accounts are people that have been doing this for decades, which I think is the most alarming point here, that they're willing to throw some of their most loyal customers or the longest tenured customers the ones that were buying when nobody else was under the bus. Mm -hmm. I think that's kind of what I find scary. It's a very r rough approach and very capitalistic how cutthroat it, it is. And I think Pokemon needs to be careful with how they go forward with doing things like this. Because yeah, they, they they've had a, they've had a good faith with their consumer base and most of their vendors now for a long time, but people will still sign up for it because they make the money. Pokemon sells, but you don't want to treat your customers like that. Yeah, ultimately, yeah, someone's losing, and uh, it's not Pokemon either way. You know, whatever they make is going to sell either way, so they're just trying to manipulate whose hands it lands in, but. I get they're caught in a pretty rough place and it's hard to do all these things. There's so many levels, but hopefully they can figure a little something out. Ultimately, though, they just need to straight up print more. Yeah. You know, even if they tank the prices to $80 a box on booster boxes on the English side, you know, like some of the Scarlet and Violet sets have went. I don't know if they've gotten like exactly that low, but... You know, it's it's just crazy to see. And uh, either way, they're going to sell it, so they might as well. Print more and, I mean, again, I know I'm beating dead horse. Increase the English quality. You can make it be thin, whatever, to save money because you're printing more of it. And you can make it kind of be quick and not the best overall quality with East Love Whitening if you have to. But change the damn foiling. Yeah. Make it to where the foiling and the aesthetic feels the same, even if it doesn't feel as sturdy in your hand. 
Like a compromise has to be made. A compromise is made. And again, you'll have less people from overseas buying the Japanese product because more people will think, oh, it's English is worth it now. More people will think that. Because a lot of people think you open 10 packs, you might not get anything. So you waste 50 bucks, 100 bucks, and might hardly pull anything. Whereas you get $100, you the opening experience feels worth it when you're opening the Japanese product. You need to make that comparable on the English side. Yeah, that is one thing I didn't think about. Like that literally would probably fix some things because every time I open an English pack, I'll buy one randomly if I'm in Target. I'm like it's a letdown because yeah. it just it just really sucks. Um so yeah, if they fix that, more people would be excited for English and then some heavy lifting might be taken off of the you know the Japanese side, hopefully. But, uh, yeah, you never know. So that but would definitely help things a, in some way. That'll be a pipe dream, though. That's probably not going to happen. Yeah. So. They're focused more on, yeah, just getting things out there. Mm-hmm. Just a, a quick fix rather than, you know, doing the quality. And it has helped with the general public but people you know like us who are collecting and grading like nobody wants to buy english that's why they're buying the japanese so not ultra modern anyways there's only and then just if there are cards like there i do buy like art rares and character rares whatever they're cheap they're just fun because they're cool cards to have and they're only a few bucks i mean i do buy singles like that because it's i mean that's a part of the fun of the hobby being able to buy cool looking cards for cheap yeah for sure. And it, it cheaper, you, you like, that might be, I don't know, one in four, one in six packs, a few of those character rares or, or whatever it was. Well, so you might get maybe two if you're lucky and one booster or one ETB, spend 50 bucks. Buy two right now for, you know, so in some cases, they're only a dollar a piece. Yeah. Yep. It's kind of wild. If I if I got bored and collecting and didn't have any binders, like I would look at the alt arts and the character rares because you know, well, they're getting a little more affordable. The alt arts, but... yeah. I to say the art, the alt arts are the easiest. If you want to quote unquote invest in ultra modern, the alt arts is where you go. And I haven't been up to date on a few of them, but at this point, it's probably cheaper just to get the ten in a lot of cases. Yeah. Not every case, but I mean, in some, it probably is. And then if you want to really do a quote unquote just like minimal investing, like your penny, your penny stocks, I guess you can say for investing, quote unquote, you can do some of these character and art rares, the ones that are dirt cheap, that are just a couple bucks. Those cards within a couple years will easily double or even triple. We're talking a card that might be five bucks now, might be 15 to 20 in a couple years. Yeah. A few of them anyways, like some of the more popular Pokemon. Yeah, for sure. But, yeah, that's pretty much all I wanted to say on it. I didn't know if you had anything else. We could pretty much wrap it up there. It's a little yeah, shorter cool. episode. and mm-hmm. Let us know what you think. Would you like these shorter episodes like this? We even contemplated of being like 45 minutes to an hour. If we could just hop on, talk about the... Uh, you know, the news and current events and maybe one little thing we want to talk about. I think that would be the sweet spot down the road. But we'll let you guys know what we're thinking. But 
I did see Pokey Beach announced that they are going to be doing a podcast, little yeah. YouTube podcast. So it's going to be nice to have a little video form of all the news there. So. Yeah, that, that is pretty nice of them because, I mean, that's where they do – I mean, obviously some news is broken before them, but it is still a very popular spot within the Pokemon community. And I think they'll, their podcast will actually do relatively well. It just depends on how long they feel like doing it. They can get ad revenue from Pokemon potentially. I mean, there's they're already set up very well, um, and I'm sure it'll be just be like 30, 40-minute little podcast, I'm sure, Yeah, every other week or every week. I think they got a video up, so we'll have to check that out. But we'll let you guys know about that. We'll we'll probably talk PSA submissions on next episode because we are working on those. But uh, oh well, before we okay, hold on. Let's before we we, we go on to the question. Let, let's the save it. Fast. Let's save it for next time. I know what you're you want to save it for next time. Yeah, okay, we'll, we'll talk. We'll talk more about the PSA subs next okay. time. Okay, all right. Well, I I'm having <laughs> fun with it. Is all I'm gonna say. Yeah. <laughs> All right, but anyway, guys, that'll pretty much do it, but we will uh, catch you think, a little bit later. Uh, well, hold on. I had a question. <laughs> what you got? What yeah. you got? Well, I, 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 I assumed you did as well. Um, I actually had two. Um, one is with the Van Gogh collaborative project and the Edward Munch collaborative project. Who are some other people you would like to see collaborations with? People, um, entities, whatever. Um, I think we mentioned before Lego would be a crazy one. Yeah. But yeah, just in general, any artist um, with the internet and everything now, I mean, there's just so many possibilities, kind of limitless. So, I mean, yeah, you could really do whatever but just any collab they do is great like the unagaba it's great not really my style but you know anything with the the munch or munk promos they're great i'm sure van gogh promos will be great just literally anything i mean every every collaboration is really awesome we've had the uh santa cruz skateboards going around last Mm -hmm. week People pack ripping, <laughs> yeah. basically, some of the skateboards. So, yeah, literally, like, anything would uh, be awesome. But I, um, what about you? Well, there's a few obvious ones, right? I mean, you pretty much mentioned it. I mean, you're right. With any famous artist, could could be done. Um, you know, there's several ones that it depends on how they go about doing it. The most obvious ones is probably Da Vinci and Michelangelo. Um and, you know, that would be pretty cool, but you'd have to, but then Pokemon might not want to do it because they might not want to offend anybody if they do something of the Sistine Chapel. <laughs> but I, I'd be yeah, all for it. Be like, I'd be <laughs> too soon. You can, you can do ways to, like, co- cover up some some of the body. I don't know. It'd be, it'd be I think if done tastefully, it, it could be great. Um, you know, obviously you have Picasso, but probably my favorite one would be Salvador Dali. Um, he has a very surreal, very fantasy driven sort of art style. And I think a Kamiya and Dali art sort of collaboration could be incredible. Yeah. For the, for the Sistine Chapel. Yeah. I mean, there's just, 
so many possibilities, but yeah, you'd have to uh, kind of monitor some of that. <laughs> I, you know, I mean, obviously, with the most famous ones, probably also David. I mean, there's ways to do that to where, like, the top up or something. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. They that'd be like a little, a little too much because it'd be like realistic, and then they'd have to like it'd probably be like a weird art style there. Well, I mean, he has a, he has several famous statues besides David, but yeah, a few of the other ones. Uh, what is it? The I can't trust the P. Um, but uh, yeah, he, but that one might be too much as well. But I don't know. I think you can do something with potentially like Picasso or even Jackson Pollock. I mean, there's there's a quite a few who you could pull from. Yeah. Yep. I yeah, literally anybody. I mean, they they always do a good job with it. So, yeah, Andy literally, Warhol literally even makes anybody. sense. I mean, yeah, yeah. But anyway, got another question, or is that about it? I do. The other one is is how detrimental is Japanese nationalism to the hobby long term? Do you think it's detrimental? Uh, I think we're already see. Like seeing it be detrimental with like some of their decisions as far as limiting outside sales. Um, it makes sense though, you know, relatively they're like a small ish country, but a comedy, you know, economy wise though, that's not really the case. They're, they're pretty much up there with some of the better ones. So it is it is a weird thing that people have to deal with. Um it is kind of odd to talk about, but yeah, I don't know. It's uh I don't really see it being a problem if they like fix their current issues with, you know, just printing more product in general, but yeah, I don't know. We'll uh we'll have to see how that pans out in the next year or so and see what they actually do. But I understand it. I don't really understand it from, like, you know, other aspects, but for the TCG world and them wanting to get the products in the hands of the locals above all else, I mean, that makes sense. So I don't I don't think it's very detrimental to them either way, like, as a company, because, like we said, they make the money either way. If they're selling to locals, selling... You know, outside which the is, U.S., it's going to sell out anyway, so it doesn't matter to their bottom line. Which I think is the, one of the biggest issues is and why some of the quality for the Pokemon franchise has decreased. Yes, the art for TCG is the best that it's ever been, probably. But in terms of, it's like, oh, people will buy it. Here's a $400 TCG collection that costs about a buck fifty to make. Yeah, People will buy it. Or or ho or you know here's a here's another game of a new era with very limited changes and innovations and here it is we just save money by doing the bare bare minimum people will buy it yeah and, and I and I honestly do. think they people do. I honestly think people on the English side would pay up because. The reason why it's so popular, it's because, like, yeah, it's expensive, but like you said, the opening experience. So basically by getting it into the hands of the Japanese people, 
those people are going to sell it for more, and I'm sure the English side is going to buy it because it's time to pay up for that experience. That's essentially what they're saying. And if people are willing to pay $100 for Japanese booster boxes, then what are they willing to do for an ETB that has basically the same amount of packs? Yeah. I mean, at times, it depends on what type of set it is for Pokemon. But say, like, they're they're high-class packs, like they're special sets. I bet people would pay $75 a booster box, even MSRP, if it's truly a better experience. Yep. And then they're kind of giving signals with that of the uh, TCG Classic. You know, they're they're saying, hey, this is a premium product. So, yeah, you're going to have to, you're going to have to pay up. So it makes sense. And they pay, and it's, here's, here's, a, here's what's like the real kicker and the clear evidence that they have favoritism here is the Japanese TCG collections, like 280 equivalent. Yeah, I know it was a lottery style how they did it, but then the English side's 400, and you could argue it's worse quality. Yeah. That's what, that's the clear sign to me right there. Say it's definitely worse quality. <laughs> and that feels like a slap in the face. That should feel like a slap in the face for every Pokemon TCG consumer, honestly. That got, right there. They have the glitter hollow on the English side, but. They the borders aren't even hollow, and on the Japanese side, the borders are hollow. The as foiling, well. yeah. So they not only do they have it twenty five, basically thirty percent cheaper, but it's better quality. That's the biggest thing. People would be would have been like you even said it. If you would, if that problem with the two fifty, maybe even three hundred, I bet people would have. If it was like the Japanese, people would have bought that up. If it was like three hundred bucks, at comparable Japanese quality, people would have bought that up. I bet. Yeah, for sure. I think that's like they're saying that that's the clear evidence to me that they're Pokemon. I mean, you, this happens in a lot of different areas of life, but people are basically just seeing the consumer base, the American consumer base, the English consumer base as just pure n- numbers. Whereas they see the Japanese side as actual like humans, actual people. Mm-hmm. And I think that's pretty evident with this one product and it's evident in more products and i think potentially if they keep on trying to do that i'm not saying it's going to be the same level as like magic the frustration people will still buy i'm just saying you might start to see a shift in how much the consumer base buys that can lead to more people leaving i want to say leaving the hobby but not buying as much to a product i'll just say that but again people a lot of people aren't thinking they just buy 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 and that's a part of the issue it's like the same people that complain about scalpers, but then, okay, I guess I'll buy buy it two x MSRP. You know, well, you know, you're you're part of the problem because you're complaining about scalpers, but then you're buying from them. And you know, if you want to do that, whatever. Like you know, that's you have the ability to do that, both scalping and paying for. It. I'm just saying, there wouldn't be scalpers if there wouldn't be people buying it. You know, again, supply and demand. Yeah, just pump out as much as you can. Who cares if they go down to eighty? Like. At this point, even if they did it as much as they did back in the day and so-called killed the hobby, like, who cares? There's going to be, it's going to be around for a while. Like, I don't think you can even replicate that if you tried, <laughs> you know. And it, so. They did it with the Charizard uh, um, UPCs, and last I checked, those were still around 100 bucks. Yeah. If they made enough to even get a booster box down to, like, $20, like base set booster boxes were at one point. 
That'd be too much. That'd be too much. I don't think it would. Like people would just buy the boxes for twenty bucks and like, hey, let's let's open this twenty dollar box. You, that's how you start seeing photos of pallets worth of Magic the Gathering cards because nobody wants it. Can't even give it away. <laughs> that's the thing. People would be buying pallets of it, like for twenty dollars. People would I mean, just people buy like pallets Rudy, of yeah. it and like people like Rudy away. would, yeah. I mean. That's that's really not that much to buy a pallet of something if it's twenty dollars a box. Yeah, I mean, it'll be, yeah, I mean, it'll be several thousand. And it'll be a neat. It's just having the space to store that, you know. Yeah, you would just create more Rudy wannabes, and like the average Joe has the ability now to buy a pallet, so like that product gets scooped up as well, even at twenty dollars, because people say, hey, if this box goes up to twenty five dollars, I got enough of them to make a killing. So. It's, I don't know, it's wild. I don't think we'll ever be in that situation, but yeah, no matter how low it gets, I mean, I think they're going to be fine. But. I mean, I'm still seeing them going, I'm just curious, around 110 a box. They've gone up a little bit, maybe like 5%, 10%, yeah. but it's taken a year to get to that point, and it's still below MSRP. <laughs> like, so, I mean. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. But anyway, let's wrap her up there. We will uh, let y'all know about the next episode. And yeah, we'll be talking some PSA orders and what we sent out and what we expect to get back. Um, but yeah, guess if uh, that's it, that's all I got to say. You got anything yep, else? that's it. I don't have any more questions. All right, guys. Well, thanks for listening and we'll see you in the next one. Peace. Until next time, y'all.